How are we live? We are alive and live. Oh, nice. On that note, welcome to the Practical Ramblings Fathers Podcast. My name is Father Tate. Father Brian. Nice. Mm. And we're here today to talk to you about the third talk of our Lenten series. Um, This third talk is about the second temptation that Jesus faces in the desert. So I'll be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapters 4, verses 5 through 8. Then he, meaning the devil, took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and their glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him, reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Boom. Yeah. So I want to read it once more. And I want you guys, as you're listening as you're listening and following along to this gospel passage, pay attention to what words stick out to you or what images, or even what feelings that you have, or questions that arise, and just quickly jot them down. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and their glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him, reply, It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him alone shall you serve. Just take some quiet moments to jot things down, and then feel free to pause this podcast and play it any time when you're ready. And so the second temptation we see is really dealing with worldly power and glory. And so one of the commentators says, the three temptations that Jesus faces in the desert are the typical temptations or weaknesses of a man. Last week we talked about how man should not live on bread alone. And so that temptation is really the sensual gratification. How we like earthly things, or how we like to feed our bodies, how we just like to feel good all the time. Second temptation for this week is about power and riches. And then for next week, we'll talk about the pride and the vainglory. So this week, let's talk about how the devil is tempting Jesus with worldly power and glory. Now, this sounds like a funny topic because if Jesus is already the Son of God, and he already knows that he wants to do the will of the Father, so why is Satan wasting his time in tempting Jesus to say that you can have all this power if you just worship me. Well, here's the good news, right? Sin, pretty boring. Temptation, pretty much follows the same format for any type of sin that you can think of. If you don't believe me, go back to Genesis 1. This temptation that Jesus is encountering right now, very similar to the one that Adam and Eve encountered when they were talking to the serpent. Because Satan was trying to undermine God's authority and even limiting the power of God. If you read the conversation between Satan and Eve, 
What did the serpent ask Eve? Did God really say you can't eat or touch of this tree? Right away, Satan is already undermining God's authority, making him sound oppressive, making him sound like we don't have the authority to do what we please. And then the second, God doesn't want you to eat of it because he knows that you will be like him. So he's now making God, pit, pitting God against us. How God is a jealous father who doesn't like the fact that his children are, are, are being more, uh, have more potential than he, than he is or allowing his children to grow past his glory. It's kind of ridiculous to think about that God could be even envious of creatures. Like God can't be, yeah, can't be jealous of his own creation. Like he'll, he can't be jealous of that. I mean, that's a it's a strong argument of the evil one is making there. And I mean, it does go into. I mean, I don't really want to go there, but God is so is outside of space and time, so he's a completely. Um, He's completely other in some sense. So we're on one plane and he's on a totally different plane. Mm -hmm. um, and so... But because of his love for us, right? He continues he to be a part of our lives. Into our plane of existence with Jesus, mm -hmm. but worshiping... Yeah, it's the same thing of like saying, you know, praying to Mary versus praying to God. It's like we're praying to a, a, a creature because God found her worthy and God is not disregarded by the fact that we pray to Mary. It's just it's a creature versus the creator type dynamic that happens there. But side tangent. Yeah <clears throat> but it's also it's it's also good too because the more that we see you know the things that Satan is asking of Adam and Eve aren't really threatening at all. But he takes a truth and he, he sows doubt into our minds, right? And so we see the, sim, the same similar format here. Well, it wasn't even, yeah. Like, the thing that the evil one holds in on is the thing that they can't do. But Eve actually adds something that God did not say. Yeah. God said, just don't eat of it. Yeah. She adds, don't even look at it. Yes. Which means Adam's figure probably made a rule and said, hey, by the way, let's just not even look at the tree. It's better that way. It's better that way. Like, we won't be tempted if it's not there, even though they didn't know what temptation was at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And then Adam is there when she's being tempted, which is the fall of Adam. But mm -hmm. the whole entire um, biblical sense, the poetic way of saying the tree of good and evil is... Um, if I eat of that tree, then I get to decide what's right and wrong, which is not true because we're not made in our own image and likeness. We're made in God's image and likeness. So mm -hmm. Jesus goes back into a garden mm -hmm. and uh, does the will of the Father, not my will, but your will be done. Correct. And then Mary Magdalene finds the risen Lord yep. in the garden. Mm -hmm. Where have you laid him? gardener where have you laid him and it's the completion of jesus being the gardener restoring paradise back to exactly humanity through humility that's important right he's always doing the will of the father <clears throat> by going to back how 
Going back to how the temptation found in Genesis 1 is happening now with Jesus, right? What did Jesus, uh, so the devil tells him, right? I shall give to you all this power and their glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. And so here's the devil. He takes him up, you know, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, right? So all the widely allurements <clears throat> for us men, that sounds really good. If you're able to be a ruler, everyone looks up to you. You have this amount of land. It does sound good. Who, who doesn't want power? Who doesn't want respect or glory, right? But the key words and what he presents the devil to Jesus, right? I shall give to you all this power and their glory. For it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. Remember, when Satan fell, it was because of pride. So when God created all the angels um, in heaven, Satan had made a very big decision not to serve the Lord. And from that, because you know he's fallen. And so when it says, As has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All of this will be yours, which is true. If you worship me. It's true. It is all his. Um, Satan is indeed a fallen angel. So he, has, he does have power and dominion over this world and aspect. And the Lord has allowed, God has allowed that to be. Who do we serve? Right? Do we serve God or do we serve ourselves? And so as weak, as weak human creatures of the world, it's very easy to be caught up into uh, the allurements of this power. Um, but look at the way that Jesus responds to the evil one. He says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Right? So once again, Jesus is pleading um, for, is pleading to do the will of, uh, of the Father. Um, Father Bryant, any comments? Thoughts yeah, so I just want to go into that. What does the devil have? The, the interesting part about this conversation that the Lord has is, he, Jesus doesn't correct him and say, nope, you don't have power over this world. Um, he doesn't step in and say, he, yeah, he doesn't correct the evil one. He And he's truth, so if it was a matter of a lie, he might say something. You know, he'd probably say something, and he doesn't. And later in Scripture, Jesus says, right, if a strong man, if a man knew that his uh, house was being broken into, um, he would not uh, allow it to be broken into. Or if there is a strong man and he has goods, you first have to have a stronger man come in and bind him, and then you can take what is his. So what is Jesus, what does the devil ultimately have over this world? A lot, but um, mostly um, death. Everyone experiences death. Everyone experiences sin. Everyone, uh, hell is a possibility, and um, himself, the devil, um, being able to tempt us. And so those are the four ways that we can very clearly see that those are things we can't compete against. And so the thief in the night, or the stronger man, is Jesus himself, and that's the good news of the kerygma and us being baptized in the name of the Trinity, because we come out of the the dominion of the evil one, right? So a lot of us walk around life like, well, if I don't serve God, then I'm really just doing my own thing. Well, n no, you're not. Um, there's beings that are way bigger than us. There's God himself, who's our loving father, and there's the devil. 
if we're not with the loving Father, then in some sense we're either with we're with the devil. I mean, we can't live on our own. We're we're not apart. We're not autonomous in that way at all. Correct. So, and, um, and Moses said that too, right? I give you two options: life or death. Choose life. I love that he reiterates yeah. that. Choose life. You're like, how? Why would you need to do that? And then in my own life, I'm like, I choose death all the time. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why do I choose the sin? So, um, this whole thing of um, the the Jesus going back to his father, being able to trust in the father and to serve him, right? The evil one is very much not into serving the Lord. Um, so it's really this—it's um, really the reality to really grasp this is to say, yeah, the evil one is in control, and he could give—he could have given Jesus all of this world, but Jesus, time and again, like Father Tay was saying, like this, his kingdom is not of this world; it's of the next. And so, mm-hmm. um, because of that. Um, yeah, so the evil one, and rightly so, like what Tay was saying is, Father Tay was saying is, mm-hmm. it's true that God allows him to have it, so his ultimate authority isn't really there, but God allows him in order to bring about a greater good, mm-hmm. um, which is our salvation mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. So yeah. when Jesus goes into, back into the Garden of Gethsemane, and when he goes into the garden after he's resurrected in the garden um, sin, death, Satan, hell and um, sin, Mm -hmm. Satan, hell death have no more sting as St. Paul would say Mm -hmm. so all those things become mute um, through the resurrection and through Jesus taking, binding the the uh, the man and we are the possessions of the evil one until we are baptized yeah I just, I just want to add to that too the other commentator said something that, that was really profound for me he said the devil wanted Jesus to be prideful in this instant the second temptation and to bypass the passion and the crucifixion like that's insane you know if, if Jesus wasn't in attuned to the will of the Father, he would, and if he didn't have the relationship with the Father, right? This could have happened. Because in, in that moment, um, you know, he, like like us, because we're weak human beings, we could easily have chosen that path. But because Jesus is the Son of God, he continues to pray and be humble and have a relationship with his Father. He was able to say, no, I'm not worshiping you, nor am I worshiping these things. I worship my Father who made me from heaven, and has given me this power. Um, and so I just want to talk about that, because that's, you know, really pray about that, right? The devil wanted Jesus to be prideful, to bypass the passion, the crucifixion. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about power, right? Of all the temptations, power, <clears throat> all of them are very enticing, but power is the one you probably see more of a society more than ever, right? If I have the car... Or if I have a big house, right? Or if I have that one job, you know, then everyone's gonna look up to me, right? So this is like seen as the greatest commodity of society. Dumb song. I'm all the way up. I'm all. What the does that mean? Yeah. So this pop, rap, hip hop songs are always about climbing to the top, right? I'm all the way up. 
all these other things. Um, and the reason why I don't get it, I, I don't get it either. But the reason what are you talking why, about? You're the one that explained that song to me. I just know because of these kids. Anyways, uh-huh. it's cool. You listen to it. Okay. Anyways. Power is probably one of the more easier temptations to fall into because we see the tangible benefits, right? And that's why the evil one took Jesus up and says, look at all these kingdoms, right? So it's something that you could see, something you could feel. And so a lot of it comes for like greater respect, popularity, more friends. Um, but pe- what people don't realize with power is that it's, it's like the unending cup. The more you drink of it, the more you're never satisfied. You need to have more and more and more. But at what cost? Right? At what cost? Jesus always talks about, you know, the one that loses his life here on earth will find it, but the one who saves his life on this earth will lose it. Right? Because Jesus understood that the more you seek power, the unfulfilled you will be. Power in this world. Not power through Jesus or God. I'm talking about power in this world, in ourself. Right? So that's why we're praising, you see a lot of this through the self-reliance, right? If you want it, then work hard, then get it, and earn it. And so there's not really any room for God at all. And we see that in, in, in the temptation <clears throat> that Satan brings to Jesus. Look at all these kingdoms. In a single instant, he showed him all the kingdoms. And look at the words he gave to him. This is very alluring. I shall give to you all this power, their glory. Hand over to me, and I may, I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you just worship me, right? So when we are outside of the range of temptation, it's easy for us to reject to say, are you crazy? Why would I turn my back against family? Why would I turn my back against God? Why would I turn my back against my friends? Yeah, it's easy when we're out of the situation. But when in life, when temptation gets tough, and we see the wicked or the unjust living in life, you know, merrily, and you're like, why, Lord? Why are you letting your just one suffer while these guys have all these unmerited treasures, right? It doesn't make sense. And so at that point, it's easy to be like, then forget about everything I learned about my faith. I want the power. Uh-huh. You know, I want the power. It's just the brokenness, you know, of our humanity. And it'd be one thing if we had a God that said, you know, be humble, <laughs> and then didn't show us how to do it, or be... Be meek, um, but you know we're talking about Jesus, who literally the world was created through him, and yet he's being beaten, stripped, uh, mocked, punched, spat upon, um, scourged, hung on a cross to die, um, and his. You know, after his bread of life discourse, the Eucharistic discourse, a whole bunch of people leave him. Um, You know, the closer he gets to Jerusalem, the more people leave him. His own disciples at the end leave him. Uh, Couldn't keep awake and and leave him, betrayed him, and walked away. And so he's left all alone other than the beloved John and uh, Mary, his mother. And so it's an interesting phenomenon that we have a the Lord that's willing to do the most irreligious thing of him actually, the most powerful, the one who is creating everything that is, is willing to be slapped, is willing to be beaten, is willing to be mm. hung on a cross to die. There's no way to put God on the cross. Mm. He has to want to 
view there is the thing. A nail does not hold God on the cross that creates the universe. So mm-hmm. um, that's not possible. And so the man that has all the power, literally the man that has all the power of the universe, that creates the universe, is the one that's showing us what it is to be humble and what it is to do the Father's will mm-hmm. in and through the most tragic times of life. Mm-hmm. And the most glorious times of life, both yeah. and. And then it ends in the resurrection. It ends in the ascension, taking humanity to the right hand of the Father yeah. to intercede for us. So That's why, like, the, you know, Good Friday, right, the liturgy of Good Friday is so powerful. You know, like, his own people, right, when he's brought, Pilate says, behold the man, they're like, no, we're not going to behold this man. We, we want to crucify him. And then when Pilate says, well, what do you want me to do with this, man? He's like, he's like we would rather have the, the serial killer and murderer Barabbas, right? Again, the humility. Jesus is God. And God the Father is, is like witnessing all of this. Mm-hmm. And he's allowing it to come to fruition. Um, yeah. And Jesus is trusting the Father and wants yeah. to do the mission to save us anyways. Yeah. If you really think about it, look at that type of power that Jesus and God has, in contrast to the one that Satan wants to give us in this world, yeah. right? A power that, that's willing to crush anyone in its wake, as long as it gets what it, it, he or she gets what they want. Yeah. Versus God, and you know, God who's showing us through Jesus saying, no, I, I do have all the power, yeah. but I'm not doing it because it's not going to give you life. I'm willing to relinquish that power, right? The candle close of Philippians. Though he was not in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God, something to be grasped at, right? Yeah. So just the beauty of... of he emptied himself and became a slave. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I want to encourage you, my sisters of Christ, if you're listening to this, really pray hard. Like, Lord, what, what areas in my life, um, you know, I might not be the power monger, right? Going on the power trip, but where are some of the temptations that that um, help me, that lead me away from God. Like, for example, do I want to be praised all the time? Do I like to be in the limelight, right? Or, uh, or, or am I always asking, fishing for compliments, right? These are all, they may seem very, very, very small, but if you continue to act out on them on, on a continual basis, it's very easy to forget God because we're living, we're living in a society where praise is the self-reliance of a person. But yet they want to, to belong to a greater church, to a greater family. And so all this goes back to how do we combat this uh, pride, this power. And we, we've kind of already mentioned it too. Through the, through the, the humility, the virtue of it. This is a great virtue, but difficult. Because as soon as you think you have it, <laughs> it's gone. Yes! <laughs> You're like, yes! I finally learned what to become humble. Like, dang it, that was a prideful thought. Anyways, <clears throat> another side tangent for, for another time. But I just want to encourage you as you're praying through 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 this Bible passage, ask ask the Lord Jesus, right? What are things in my life that I'm refusing to let go? Right? That I built a facade, that I built a, a wall over the things because I don't want Jesus to come in and, and, and to, to help me heal from all of these things. So I pray that this has been a helpful podcast for you, looking at the allurements of power. And know that, you know, Satan can't, he's not victorious. Jesus is victorious. Because through his power, through his grace, we're able to resist this temptation. 
and we've been all been baptized, receive first communion, have our sins forgiven, and are confirmed. All of those things help us to be better soldiers for Christ and to fight against the sins of pride. So I wish during this Lenten season it's been fruitful for you. So keep on praying and being faithful. Stay holy, my friends. See you next time. You don't know me.